you guys are having a wonderful day. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, I am definitely the least important person on this uh, panel today. Uh, a lot of y'all came to the All Black National Convention, and you saw uh, just you know black excellence uh, on full display. You saw black intelligence everywhere. You saw black love, black family, just powerful black people. And three of those powerful black people are three of the individuals that I get the honor and privilege of introducing to you today. Uh, and we're just going to ha kind of have a blackness panel. You know, uh, you guys know that we've always talked about black people having our own conversations about our issues in our way. And uh, and these are just three great people that I know. If you don't already know them and love them, you will know them and love them afterward. Uh, the first person is Dr. Oya Ma'at. Dr. Ma'at is a professor of engineering at Morgan State University. That's pretty dang impressive. Not just an engineer, but a professor of engineering. Not just a professor, but a professor of engineering. People got to know the difference. Being a professor or being an engineer, both of those things are hard. It's really hard to be a professor of engineering. So welcome, Dr. Ma'at. I'm very happy to see you. Well, pleasure, all right. pl pleasure to see you, Doc. The pleasure is all mine. Uh, the next person I would like to introduce you to is Zakia Sankara-Jabbar. Zakia Sankara-Jabbar. Zakia Sankara-Jabbar, my homegirl. She is the, uh, she's the host of a great show on YouTube that everybody should follow called Real Talk with ZSJ. She's extremely conscious, very intelligent, has a lot of great things to say. How are you doing today, Zakia? I am doing well. Glad to be here with all of you. Yes, it is an honor to have you. Uh, the next one, uh, last but certainly not least, is my brother, uh, Mr. Julian Walker. He is the CEO and co-founder of Push Black, one of the baddest, blackest, most powerful platforms on the entire internet universe. Uh, how are you doing today, brother? Excellent. Appreciate you having me, Doc. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're here, man. I'm glad you're here. All right, so everybody, uh, give give uh, the, the guests a, a big black welcome. Uh, put your B1s in the chat. Let us know what city you're from. And uh, and let's just kind of jump in. Let's get it started. Uh, okay, so this week in blackness, uh, we've had a crazy week or two. Um, it, I, I'm going to start with what I think is kind of the biggest elephant in the room, because we can even get to stuff related to the elections and all that, and I think that's related to this too. But you had this whole issue with uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, Kanye West and just sort of this general, um, you know, weird, almost like a, like cancel culture on steroids that they sort of saved up for uh, disobedient black men. Uh, you know, the, the men that they found that they believe didn't say the things they wanted to say, didn't apologize hard enough. I guess they get, got on one knee and didn't get on both knees. And um, and I just thought it was just most really interesting to observe. And so uh, I'll start with you, uh, Dr. Mahat. Um, you know, this past week, how have you been feeling kind of watching, you know, just all this stuff that's been going on with, with Kyrie and, 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 and beyond that and just kind of what that means, not just Kyrie, but just the reaction to him. A absolutely. And so, and again, thank you so much for, for inviting me on your platform, Dr. Bill Boyce Watkins and peace to all of the people on the panel, brother Julian and sister Zakia. Uh, this is as, just as a student of history, we see that this is, uh, there's nothing new under the sun. Right. And so what we're seeing is I would call it, a, I guess, a digital, you know, sort of butt, buck breaking. Right. And so, you know, back in the day and I know many of you who are students of history are familiar with how things went 
on the plantation. You know, you would take, you know, the slave master used to take out his the strongest men or they would call us bucks. You know, they would call the men bucks and they would bring the strongest men, the men that we uh, admired and held in high regard. The slave master would, you know, bring him out there uh, if he got out of line and he would beat us in front of he would beat the, the, the man in front of everybody, you know, and to break him. You know, and we would say to buck break him. And so literally that's that's what we're seeing in, in the 21st century. We're seeing modern day buck breaking uh Kyrie Irving and and uh Kanye are are people that are very important to our culture uh we hold them in very high regards a lot of people follow them and listen to them we love their music I know that Kanye is a a fashion you know person and try to become a fashion guru but um he you know that's what we're seeing right now we're seeing them being broken so they got out of the line they said some things that uh, that wasn't pleasing to the dominant society. The dominant society is now checking them and doing it in the eyes, you know, in, in, in the eyes of, of, of the world. And so, again, this is this is modern day buck breaking that we are witnessing. And uh, it's unfortunate. A lot of bad, a lot of bones are being put out about Kanye and Kyrie that simply aren't true. Uh, they're, they're being labeled as uh, anti-Semitic. Uh, meaning that you're against, you know, people of Semitic origin, but we can debate that whether or not we are anti-Semitic. Some people say we are, you know, of Semitic origin, so that could be, you know, um, up for debate. But, but nonetheless, uh, there was nothing that Kanye, because I actually sat down and I watched the the, the Drink Champs uh, interview. I watched probably the first two hours of it, uh, and I also went to the post. I, I believe that Kyrie Irving took the post down now, but I did see the post that he put up about you know, he's promoting a a, a movie that was on uh, Amazon, but, but nothing these men said to me, nothing they said was anti anybody. Um, I think, you know, Kanye made some great points. I mean, there were some other points that he made that I didn't agree with, but regarding uh, the Jews and how they control the media and how they control, you know, the finances. I mean, that was, that was on point. And Kyrie Irving, all he did was watch a documentary on Amazon or something like that and posted the documentary, but none of these guys, spewed any hate it wasn't any hate or any bigotry uh towards anyone and i think that it's very disappointing to see other black men uh not stand by the sides right. you know of, of Kyrie Irving and, and brother kanye mm. okay so uh zakia um you know it, i i was i was thinking about that in terms of what i, I was no, i mean none of it surprised me right in terms of the reaction and i mean i, I think i was surprised that they were that bold but what was really fascinating to me was the way other black men in the NBA reacted, you know, like big, strong, powerful, wealthy men bragging about how much money they got and, and how, you know, how important they are. But they just they folded just like little, 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 just little leaves, you know, like they were scared and and kind of, well, I, I don't stand next. I don't stand by hate and, and almost like going out of their way. Like they were trying to punish Kyrie to say, "Yeah, go get him." You know, I, it just—it was just so weird. I felt like I was in the twilight zone. What, what do you think, Zakia? I was very disappointed. Um, I felt like Kevin Durant tried to keep it a G. You know, he was like, "I don't like none of it," and basically, I don't—you know—I don't even talk about it anymore. Like he wasn't all like LeBron. Like LeBron just went too far, and I. I have actually been a LeBron fan um, since the brother came out. You know, I'm also from Northeast Ohio in terms of, you know, uh, that area of the country and everything. And so, you know, I, I really love this story, you know, initially and, and things like that. But um, I was really turned off by him um, in the comments because the thing of it is, is that 
just like the rest of the players in the EMEA. Shut up. If you, if you, if you, if you scared, just don't say nothing. You didn't have to do that. Like, just don't say nothing. Don't, you don't have to hurt the brother anymore. You know what I mean? But I think what's interesting and shout out to uh, Honorable Louis Farrakhan. Um, I was so grateful um, to hear him break his silence. Um, you know, of course, I follow a lot of brothers in the nation and the nation um, shout out to them. They have been standing unapologetically by both Yay and Kyrie from the beginning. And they took a lot of heat for it, particularly when they were standing by Yay before Kyrie thing even happened. Um, but um, I, I just want to say, you know, all black people were not on the whole, you know, buck breaking, you know, let's throw them away. The vast majority of black people that I saw in terms of just everyday regular black people were pushing back and was just like, who do these people think they are? You know, like, what hate are you talking about? Especially with Kyrie, because it's like, you know, Sister Maya said, he didn't even say nothing. All he did was post the link, literally. <laughs> like, he didn't like, you know, say, ooh, watch this. He didn't, he didn't like give any commentary. He literally just dropped the link. Mm -hmm. And these people was like, he's promoting it. Like they really went hard at the brother. But what I appreciated about Kyrie, because I don't know if I agree that Kyrie was buck broken, because he was, he, he stood and he's still standing. He still never accepted that he was anti-Semitic. He said, I can't be that because. I know who I am, so I read between the lines on that, right? Like, he never accepted what the media was trying to push. Go back and listen to what he said. He never accepted their narrative, ever. And he still has not did those six things, and he better not. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm you know, listening, Kyrie, hold out. You know, we love you. We got you. People got you. You know, so I don't think that Kyrie was buck broken. I mean, I think that they're trying um, yeah, and they like, want to whip him, you know, like do what we tell you to do. I mean, he apologized. That's fine. You know, I think, you know, he finally just came to the point where it was just like, okay, what well, they hurt. Okay. I'll say this, but even when you read the apology from me, you know, cause I'm, I'm a very strategic person. Like, I mean, was it an apology? <laughs> I kind of read through the lines, you know what I mean? Like kind of, so the brother is smart. I, I, I'm going to say that he's not a dumb you know, he's, he's not dumb and he's still searching. Like the minister said, he's still reading. Like I, I went through his Instagram. The brother was posting books by Baba Mawalamu Baruti. He's a former, um, you know, professor at Morehouse University. He's like in the conscious community, one of the best um, teachers out there. He was still very much alive down in Atlanta. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, this brother ain't nowhere near as dumb as people trying to like say he is because you know, around the Hebrew Israelite piece or whatever. But um, I, I, yeah, I don't think that Kyrie was butt broken. I do think they tried and he resists. Mm. He's still resisting. So shout out to Kyrie. Oh, yeah. You know, um, it's really interesting. And, um, you know, and by the way, if you just came in, I'm speaking with uh, Dr. Ma'at and, and uh, Zakia Sinkar Jabbar and Julian Walker. And we're really talking about, you know, almost like this week in blackness, but you can't do that without talking about Kyrie and uh kanye and everything else that's been going on so everybody that's coming in hit the thumbs up button thumbs up thumbs up share subscribe also hit the notification bell uh because i, I tend to notice that when <laughs> when uh whenever we talk about topics like this we we kind of get muted by uh the social media platforms but let's unmute that by hitting uh, the notification bell so you'll be notified and all that stuff um so julian you know one thing i was thinking about was uh, I, I i felt a little bit awkward just even as a black man 
uh, to kind of see uh, what what was kind of going on in the reactions to uh, to Kyrie. It, it's um it's it was very interesting to me because I, I think I saw where the uh, the uh, NBA um, commissioner Adam Silver uh, actually the headline I saw was that he said Kyrie is not anti-Semitic, which uh, was interesting because I I also felt that like sort of once uh, once the white guy on top said okay you know he's we, i don't think he's that bad and then also when they started when these celebrities on tv started hearing from the community you know hearing from that new black media that everybody wants to pretend like isn't there they started kind of backpedaling a little bit they started to, well i'm really black and i don't be questioning my blackness and everything else but but i feel like they kind of got punked i feel like they really played themselves because there's a lot of other ways you could have handled it they could have just been silent or or taken some other strategy what were your feelings as you kind of watched all this kind of happen? And by the way, feel free to have an opinion that's different from others on the panel. I, I don't assume all of us agree on the Kyrie thing. I'd love to get your thoughts, brother. Absolutely. So I think this is a great example of uh, the need for independent black media that allows us to share our voices and share our own perspectives uh, without a fear of a uh, backlash at the the worst, without the fear of a uh, economic repercussions, I think that the challenge that one of the challenges that these brothers are facing is that their wealth and their livelihood and their is public personas are so tied up in the the system uh the system that's not controlled by people who look like us and a lot of their you know people that they're selling their their shoes or the albums or the clothes to um are also maybe not even primarily in the community and the people who write those contracts um are not part of our community so they have a way of saying, you know, you can you can go so far. Um, we'll take a few of you up and out, so to speak, and we'll let you go so far if you stick to the script. But if you propose any sort of opposing viewpoints that goes against the dominant narrative that we believe is in the uh, the safe scope of conversation, then there's going to be some kind of repercussion and you know since in this society money's what rules it um they have the power to do that um but if you look at some other folks uh who are artists entertainers in our community who over the past couple of years have been so-called canceled or there's been a call to cancel them um some of those brothers and sisters are still eating they have direct ties to the community uh and the community if the community supports you is not gonna let you fall um and i think that um there's clear examples of that and i think that what these brothers are facing is an example of what happens when um your your portfolio is uh is you have all your eggs in a certain basket but perhaps not enough in another basket you know i think Kanye has built up a lot of credibility in the community, but I think the challenge here that I see is that he still, uh, unfortunately, seems to put whiteness on a pedestal in many ways. 
which, you know, I'm a big, huge Kanye fan uh, from the beginning. But you notice over the years how, you know, like many black folks who reach high spaces, they put whiteness on a pedestal. And so in a lot of the calls that he's making for us to support him, it's more so support him as an individual, despite the fact that he may not necessarily be vocalizing things that speak um, largely on behalf or in favor of the community as much as himself and his personal interests. And I think that's the danger of uh, accepting these values that the society has conditioned us to accept, such as individualism over something like communalism, where it's like, okay, support Kanye saying, support me because I'm a, a black person. Y'all shouldn't let them do this to me. But, you know, I'm seeing a disconnect these days in terms of the way Kanye um, is standing for the community as opposed to standing for himself. Mm. Well, let me ask you this question, then, Dr. Mott. That's a great um, I'm going to piggyback off what Julian said. Um, you know, we, we we tend to in this general conversation about, you know, it, whether it's anti-Semitism and, we, we, you know, we've been talking about Hebrews and Negroes and Hebrews to Negroes. And that's the name of the documentary, by the way, the guy Kyrie. Uh, all his problems, but I'm glad he retweeted it because that that, poor, that guy who made that movie is gonna make about about fifty million dollars. I hope. I, God bless. And that him. brother making a killing right now. <laughs> oh man, I, I, and and you know, it's what's so cool is like it's it. I think these are things that black people should talk about. You know, th this is uh, that so-called alternative learning that a lot most nobody gets that in school. So it's like, okay, well, who are the original Jews? Since, since you're working so hard to cover that up. I think a lot of people are like, well, let me hear, let me listen and find out the truth on this. I think that's great. But Dr. Ma, let me ask you this question. So people have kind of clumped Kyrie and Kanye in the same category in this whole conversation, but I think they're different. And I think Julian touched on that uh, a, a little bit. So, uh, so, so what is the difference in your mind between what Kanye went through and what Kyrie was going through and also how Kyrie and Kanye are, rece are received and perceived by the community? Oh, absolutely. When 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 uh, Brother Julian was talking, uh, Dr. Voice Watkins, I thought about Zakia myself. We we were tearing your butt up underneath one of your posts. You put up a post claiming that Kanye was B1, that he was black first. And so I went under the comment section and I said, no, he's not. And then so then Sister Zakia came underneath the comment and she was like, exactly, he's not B. And so people were mad at uh, Sister Zakia and I for saying that Kanye West isn't B1. And so clearly you can look at his wife. How can you go around and claim you're B1 and you married whiteness, right? Because we we are what we marry. You, you understand what I'm saying? So I always tell people, and even my family will tell you, I talk about this with the young people in my family. You are what you marry, okay? Or you become what you marry. When you That's marry someone, that. yeah, when you marry someone, you're not only marrying that person, you're marrying their, their ethnicity, you're marrying Ooh. their culture, you're marrying their psychology, you're yep. marrying their history, you're marrying their morals, you're marrying their values, you're marrying their group agenda. That's what you're marrying into. So when Kanye picked Kim as a, as a partner, that already told me what I needed to know about Kanye. Yeah, it I told mean, me that ultimately, yeah. yeah, that he values whiteness mm -hmm. because he married it and he procreated with it. And then on the drink champs, um, um, I don't want to say special, but the drink camps, drink, drink, drink champs interview with Kanye, he got upset when Noriega, uh, Noriega asked him a question. He said about white lives matter. He said, my wife is white. 
my children are white. And I'm like, Kanye, first you said your children were black, right? right? You know, five minutes ago, your children were black. Now, when they mention white lives matter, you're screaming and having a temper tantrum. My right. wife is white. My children are white. Wait a minute, Kanye. And so as Brother Julian stated earlier, he does put whiteness on a pedestal. When hmm. you even listen to how he speaks about Kim, you know, he, he, yeah. he adores her. And I'm not saying that a man shouldn't adore his wife. That's not what I'm saying. But look at who he is adoring. He hmm. adores whiteness. And so and hmm. it, there are even clips That's of him. Funny. Yeah, there are even clips of him floating around on the Internet where he's empathizing with white men. Yeah. With white men. One could easily oh, make the case that Kanye West wants to be a white man. That case could be mm. easily made. And so I think that those are differences between Kyrie Irving. When you go to his Instagram page, I'm not sure if he's married or not, but I did see a sister on his page, you know, and he was kissing her and, and telling her love is love or something. I love you, baby. So he has a black wife. I'm not sure if the brother has children. He probably does. I'm sure if, the, if he does, they're black children. You know, he's someone that I would consider be one more so than mm. a, a mm. Kanye West. Well, you know, I think that's a great statement. And, um, you know, given that I spent some time talking to Kanye, um, I, I definitely should uh, respond to that and say that a lot of what you said makes perfect sense. I'm not even, first of all, I think this is a great opportunity for, for us to really let everybody know, like, this is a platform for all free ideas, you know, and I, I love, I love when, we disagree because we got to explore all the ideas, right? And uh, and and what my my conclusion with <clears throat> with Kanye, <clears throat> without you know without uh, without divulging you know too much of our personal conversation because we talked a lot, is that he is um, a complex person, uh, and uh, and I did I did flat out say I said look you know when I look at another black person I try to find the areas that we can align on. And I said, some areas, some things in your life, I don't understand. I don't, I don't, I don't give, I don't think much about Jewish people. You think about them a lot. I don't think much about white people. Uh, you think about them a lot. I don't, you know, I don't want to go to fashion shows in Paris. I think that's weird. Um, I said, and I also told him, I said, I, I would, I would probably never marry a Kardashian. I can't imagine myself marrying a Kardashian, but because I think that's going to create trouble. I did say, you know, I had to say that to make it clear, you know, look, <laughs> we're not the same. Where I aligned with Ye, you know, at least in theory, was um, his respect for Powernomics, Dr. Claude Anderson. And also, uh, there was a part of the conversation we were talking, and uh, where he asked me to record it. You know, there's a three-way, me, him, and Noriega, and I think Diddy and someone, and Russell Simmons were on. He was texting. He kind of, his brain kind of goes in a million directions at once. <clears throat> and we were talking about <clears throat> uh, takeoff, getting killed in Houston. And, and there was a point where, you know, uh, the black Kanye came out. The Southside Chicago Donda Kanye. Well, we're gonna do. We're gonna do this all black, all black, all black, all black, all black. And that's where I'm like, okay, I can, I can, I can rock with that. But I agree with you 100. You know, uh, the White Lives Matter shirt. I don't understand that. Uh, the some of the other antics. Uh, I, I'm like, okay, that's just a rapper trying to get publicity. Uh, Marrying the Kardashian. You asking for trouble. Uh, and and I had and I had to make that line clear. But the thing about it, so so in my view, I would argue that we have the ability, we we must have the ability to decide, uh, at least be clear about where we align and where we don't align. Because if you think about it, so much division happens in our community because I'm a Democrat and you're a Republican, or you know, I'm straight and you're gay. And I and I, I think we gotta be thoughtful about that. But to your point though, I completely 
uh, I happen to align with you on that. I think that a black man marrying a black woman is one of the most direct ways to show how committed you are to the black community. That's a fact. There's no greater asset I can share with another person than my life, <laughs> you know? So if I give my life to a black woman and to a black family, that 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 for me personally, I would not feel the same sitting there talking to you if I had Becky Becky on my arm cheering me on saying, go black men, go. That would just look awkward and weird, you know? Exactly. So, you know, but so so it's hard, right? It's hard because I have re- I have really cool black friends who are who are very pro black who happen to have a wife who's not black. I, I be saying that I don't understand brothers like that. I don't. Yeah, it, it does. It, and I think and I think it's it should be talked about. I really do. Absolutely. I really do. So well, I I'm gonna pass the ball to you because I, I want you to go next because I, I said too much. I apologize. I just really wanted to. I, I had to share that part about yay because yes. I did the insight and and I and it was like okay let's. You know, I've talked to Dr. Claude Anderson's talked to him, and part of it is like an educational process. Like, let me just kind of give you a worldview. And he was he was listening, um, and he embraced a lot of the values that I talk about right here on the platform. So I'm not throwing that away, but I do agree with you. You know, there is work that has to be done with a lot of a lot of the entertainers, absolutely. right? A- so absolutely. So, and and Doc, I just wanted to say this: I don't trust anybody who talks black and sleep white. I just wanted on, to say that. I don't trust anybody. Say like that. that. Yeah. I don't trust nobody that talk black and, and sleep white. Uh-uh. Well, it, I'm, I'm going to take a sip of my I'm gonna take a sip of my coffee on that one. Uh, Zakia, go go ahead, girl. What, what, what do you have to say to that? I know you got a lot to say. You you and next. Go ahead, sister. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, shout out to Dr. Maya for that. Um, no, no, no sleeping white and talking black. We can't, we can't really get with that. Um, but I, I agree with you in terms of gay being a very complex person. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the most recent video that's out, um, you know, where he talked about his mother being sacrificed. Um, he's dealing with a lot. He's holding a lot. Um, you know, he needs to tread lightly around the minister, but he was, he was loving in saying, you know, I love the minister, but he felt like something that the minister said was a slight and that he wanted to talk to him. But he probably need to be careful about how he frames things around the minister, because that man got a whole army that will tighten him up before any white folk can get to him. (laughs) Um, So, uh, you know, just, you know, yeah, just just chill. Um, But. So I yeah, so the, the complex part and, and I think I still have even empathy for him because like that's just who I am. I love black people, you know. Yes, you know, got a well, he did have a white wife, they're divorced now. Um, but I still have some empathy for the brother. And here's the thing: even though we have our challenges with him, what black people have to learn how to do is not join the lynching party because we because a black person does something that we don't like. That's what I didn't like about what I saw on social mm-hmm. media was like mm-hmm. people willing to throw him away, throw him to these people, um, even though what they are doing is literally like we were saying earlier, butt breaking and lynching. Because what they did to him was straight up butt breaking, lynching, everything else. Mm-hmm. I stood my ground just like the NOI. I am not joining the lynching party. I don't care that he wore white live matter. We got plenty of confused black folks in our community. Plenty. I'm not throwing them away. That's just my politics. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. um, I just think that, um, you know, clearly, I I mean, the brother needs some help. I don't know who he has around him. I feel like he he feels like he can't trust anybody. You know what I mean? Clearly, uh, his mother is gone. And when I saw him say that, 
his mother was sacrificed. And then he started naming Michael Jordan and saying same thing with his father. Then he named uh, Dr. Dre. I didn't know Dr. Dre's son was dead. I didn't know anything about that. Um, he named a bunch of people uh, Bill Cosby's son. I do remember that. Um, and he was just like, yeah, why do people in Hollywood come up missing? I mean, that brother, he's, he literally said, like, I, he said, it's up. That's what he said. He said, I don't care. I'm naming everybody. And so mm -hmm. the other thing that I have to say here is that I am concerned about his safety. I mean, we do know these people disappear people. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually concerned about the brother's safety um, because he really is like got diarrhea of the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's a great point, you know, um, and Julian, I'll, I'll pass the ball to you. Um, and by the way, everybody, I'm speaking with uh, three amazing panelists and I want to make sure I say their names. Uh, Dr. Oya Ma'at, who is a professor of engineering at Morgan State University. Uh, Zakia Sankara Jabbar, who is the host of Real Talk with ZSJ. I need y'all to go follow that show. It's a really good one. And also Julian, uh, Julian Walker, who's the CEO and founder of Push Black, uh, one of the great um, uh, platforms out here with millions of followers. And and, uh, and all three of these uh, individuals have their own platforms and do amazing work. And I really hope that you will support them because we must build our own media. Also, speaking of building media, if everybody could take one second right now, hit that thumbs up button and hit that subscribe button with the notification bell. Uh, please do that. Put your B1 in the chat after you hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. Notification bell is important so that we you will be notified when we go live so we can get you guys in here to have these important conversations. So, Brother Julian, let me... Uh, let me let me pass the ball to you. Um, you know, okay. So <clears throat> we talked about the difference between Kanye and Kyrie, and uh, and one big difference with Kanye is that he, you know, we know he's a raging Republican, and I get a sense that on Push Black, <clears throat> your platform isn't necessarily in that conservative space. Um, I, you you guys are big social justice warriors in so many amazing ways, and uh, you know, how, how do you deal with that? How do you deal uh, personally and uh, you know as an organization just with the fact that politically speaking, you know, black people have diversity and there are some uh, people that we admire who say, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a Democrat anymore. I, I want to do something different. And some of them will go all the way over, you know, to become Republicans. How, how do you navigate that space, man? That's got to be tough for you. Yeah. So Push Black is a nonpartisan organization. And we believe that we should let all the ideas just out into the space so the people can decide uh, what makes sense for our lives and our liberation. Um, when it comes to the question of black conservatives or black or black Republicans and black Democrats, um, I, I personally, I'll speak on behalf of myself, I personally, um, like to see ourselves outside of that. I think that we have been put into this system where there's two options to choose from, two wings on the same bird. Um, it's a falsification of the reality. And we've been sort of put into this political and culture wars, people that we are flocking to uh, for a number of reasons throughout history. But um, the way I'm challenging uh, our team, as we're pushing forward with content, is to see ourselves outside of that. There should be, you know, in the mainstream political arena, 
you know, the dominant society can have their uh, Democratic Party, they can have the Republican Party, but black folks need to be able to look at both sides and see, you know, what makes the most sense for our lived experiences. Uh, and that could very well be neither one of those. Um, and I suspect that it's likely neither one of those uh, wholesale. So, um, you know, Push Black is about six, seven years old now. And we are, um, it sounds sometimes older than it is, but it's still pretty young as we're a growing team. So we're shaping how we approach content and trying to make sure that um, there is more of a nuance and a balance when we're looking at the political spectrum um, and not endorsing specific candidates that don't have, uh, well, that's supporting any specific candidates really, but really focusing on a black agenda. And that's one of the projects that we've taken on starting in 2020, this idea of um, contributing to a black agenda that is uh, dictated by the masses. So Push Black does so much listening to our community intentionally through surveying, through um, the comment sections, through calls. I'm on the phone with our subscribers myself, um, listening to what people are thinking and saying and feeling and what type of challenges they have um, in their lives, in their communities, in their family. The intention here is to understand what those concerns are and then amplify them in a way that the mainstream media will not um and so our content for example goes through a rigorous testing process where we listen to the audience we put out content that we think makes sense for what they're telling us and then we put out the top content that the audience responds to so everything you'll see on our platform is uh stuff that is not just like push black is saying this is what needs to go out but Push Black has tested this with 60, 000, literally 60,000 Black folks before sending it out to our audience of millions or hundreds of thousands, depending on the day. So our, our role, the way we see our role is amplifying the concerns um, and not necessarily being uh, one of those organizations that chooses and says, this is what, you know, role Black folks need to follow. Because there is a history of... Um, the black media really prioritizing a certain set of values as yes. stated from up top. Um, that is so true. For sure. And it's usually uh, black middle-class, black bourgeoisie value. Um, so E. Franklin Frazier <laughs> talked about this in the book, Black Bourgeoisie, and Dr. Amos Wilson expands on it in That's chapter right. 11 of Blueprint for Black Power um, and identifying this issue and how black media usually focuses on a certain set of values that uh get them closer to proximity to whiteness so we're trying to uh flip that model on its head and be more in touch with the people and amplify those voices so um you know i think sometimes we do that in very amazing ways and we still have uh you know uh great opportunity to continue building on that to make sure we're serving the community and giving those options that are putting black priorities first and not confining ourselves to these um, these mm. artificial frameworks have been passed down to us. Mm. Do you partner yeah. with black organizations like black nonprofits that's doing social justice work? So that's the next step of our work. Uh, right now we're in the middle of um, a research phase, really digging into what issues we want to uh, stand on in, more, in a more tangible way. And our intention is to 
connect with grassroots organizations and local communities. Because I, I run one, and I'm just, you know. There we go. All right, so we got to talk then. Yeah, that's our intention is since we have, you know, masses of black folks that are on our platform, we want to connect folks with the action. Because, and I'm sure you all get comments like this too, where you'll be speaking about something or writing about something on your platform and folks saying like, oh, this is great, but you know, what's next? What can I do? How can I get involved? And so I, I believe we have the power to uh, or the ability and the opportunity to partner with grassroots organizations in the community and connect folks in our audience with those actions on the ground. So we can also take direct actions and not just think that uh, voting alone is going to solve all our problems. Yes. Exactly, brother. And brother Julian, you mentioned Blueprint for Black Power. I'm so glad that you did, because when you were talking about uh, black people looking at the Democratic Party and the Republican Party and then kind of deciding on where we're going to go based on our our interests, I was thinking about it, how in Blueprint for Black Power, Dr. Amos Wilson recommended that we start our own black. He called it a black national political party. So he was saying, look, yes. we shouldn't be affiliated with either one of them. Mm -hmm. He said, because both of them are two wings on the same plane. So he said we should op we should establish our own black political party. And he said not that our candidates will get elected, but he said that it's a it's a way that we can organize the black vote and leverage those votes to get what we want. So that's, that's one thing that I had thought about um, while you were talking, Brother Julian and Sister uh, Zakia, when you were talking, I thought about when you were saying how you say I can't throw them away. And I, and I totally get your point, and I agree with what you said. Uh, you said not kind of joining in the lynching. You know, when you see them coming out, brothers or sisters, regardless of how we feel about them not joining in in the lynch mob. So I 100% I, I agree with that. But when you, when you, you also talked about, you know, not throwing people away. And, and there's one thing, Dr. Boyce Watkins, uh, that I had to learn. I had to learn you can't save everyone either. Um, you know, you know, sometimes you, you do have to kind of, you just kind of like, you, you might, there may be your brother and sister, but sometimes you, you got to love your brother and sister, you know, from a distance. You can't, every, everybody's not going to go. And that's just a reality. That's that was right. a hard, that was a hard conversation that I had with a uh, shout out to brother David Banner. We were talking about it. Every, we can't save all black people. We just can't. So what, what we should be focused on is, is networking and, 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 um, collaborating with like minds and building with with like minds but we can't we can't save everyone i just kind of yeah. wanted to to say that yeah, yeah. i think, I think oh, it's a I, great I yeah I, I just want to yeah i mean i don't see that as mutually exclusive because you said you can love them from afar mm -hmm. <laughs> if we're loving them from afar i don't see that as throwing them away ah okay gotcha you. You I'm got you. yeah i'm with you and and I'm still not gonna join the lynch mob from no other group of, of a person, you know what I mean? So I, I agree. Oh Lord, I agree. Honey, I could tell you some stories about being hurt <laughs> by other people, you know. Yeah. What I mean? And because I wanted the other thing I wanted to share is not not only you know do I host Real Talk with ZSJ, but my everyday work, um, my husband and I run a grassroots organization that we Beautiful. started in the state of Ohio. It's called Racial Justice Now. Um, and we do uh, policy and advocacy work. We literally do uh, the work uh, on a local level uh, now in Maryland as well around education justice and making sure our children have uh, what they need. So the policy and advocacy piece and the grassroots organizations, um, I, I don't think we talk about that enough in terms of how we should be supporting our people who are hyper and not necessarily, you know, the ones who are on the media and the ones who are, you know, getting dollars from what's the white man name everybody be talking about? Um, 
George whatever yeah so yeah no nah, I mean yeah we we got grassroots black folks trust me in every community I know they're in Baltimore too like in every community that's doing important work and so that's mm -hmm. why I was like do you partner with the grassroots because those are the groups that I think we can trust because they actually have the relationships and connections with the people on the ground boots on the ground Somebody said, what part of Ohio is in Dayton, Ohio for 20 years? Racial justice now. You can Google us. Okay. All right, everybody. Uh, by the way, I'm speaking with uh, Dr. Oya Maat, who is a professor of engineering at Morgan State University. Uh, Zakia Sankar Jabbar, who is the host of Real Talk with ZSJ. Uh, also, Julian Walker, the CEO and founder, co-founder of Push Black. Uh, an extraordinary organization that has millions of people, uh, millions of followers, and they do extraordinary work. And uh, I actually co-host a podcast with uh, with Push Black. I'm very flattered to be a part of that. Uh, when they when they reached out, I was I was ecstatic because I love it when black people are just doing amazing work. Uh, and so, so everybody, if you could take one second uh, and hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell. You must hit the notification bell if you've already subscribed, because that is the way you'll be notified when we have these intelligent black conversations. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, pass the ball around for one more one more question I'm going to ask the panelists about. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a little bit of a political thing. I'd like to get a sense of uh, this last election, you know, this, our set of elections, the midterms. Uh, you know, one of the dominant narratives I saw was uh, particularly as it related to the, the races in Georgia. Uh, where you had just a whole lot of stuff happening uh, down there, and uh, there was all there was this conversation about, uh, you know, who's to blame? It, you know, if Stacey Abrams doesn't get elected, whose fault is it? Who did what, and all that stuff. And uh, and so you had you did have the you know the Roland Martin ish conversations, and and I'm not even you know I'm gonna tell you just uh, to tell y'all how loving I'm trying to be. I'm not even going, I'm not even here to diss Roland or anything like that. I in fact I'm gonna start with a compliment by saying I think Roland. You're doing laughing. <laughs> yeah, well, Roland is a highly dedicated journalist. I, I will give him that. I will give him that. I, he I is dedicated to the Democratic Party. Keep yes, he is, Zachary. Yes, he is. Right, right, he right. Democratic Party. He's a political yes, he operative, is. right? Which, which is, which, is, which I think, you know, complicated. So, so in a way, it's like that Kanye conversation, right? Where yeah. you're trying to grab the good, but some of it's like, just like, what is this crap? But um, but but here's the thing. But but I think I think Roland, like everybody else, has a has a right to have his uh, point of view. But I saw this interesting that interesting narrative, almost like, uh, you know, if, if you're a black man and you didn't do what you were told in the election, uh, it, we're gonna get mad at you and blame you. And there are some people really standing up against that. You know, a lot of us. Uh, Tesla and Figaro uh, has some great things to say about it. Also, so I'll start with you, Doctor. What what observations did you make, Doctor? in this last election cycle, in terms of how black folks were kind of dealt with and, and, and treated everything from the, the campaign as no vote and no fucking. Oh my oh gosh. My it was God. terrible. It was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. Dr. Boyce Watkins. And that, that, that foolishness came across my feed, no voting, no fucking. And I'm like, I went to, I actually was so livid. I went to, 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 to class the next day and had a conversation with my students because I said, if it showed up on my feed, I know it showed up on theirs. And we had those, those conversations. And I always bring those conversations, even though my field is electrical engineering. Um, 
I bring the real world into my into my into my classroom. So we talk about everything because I believe in that when you educate someone, you should be educating the whole person. You know, so we have all of those conversations. We talked about takeoff when takeoff was was was, uh, you know, struck by the bullet when he was murdered. Um, I had that conversation with with my students. But anyway, going back to your question, Dr. Boyce Watkins. So we saw the foolishness. OK, so we saw the, the no voting, no fucking. Uh, we saw people twerking for votes. You know, I saw black women uh, twerking for votes. I think didn't didn't Stacey Abrams wasn't it something up? Wasn't she twerking for votes? So she did she did something. Okay, so I saw all the antics on the internet. Um, I also saw, you know, I'm, I'm so tired of, of of the left telling us what it means to be black. So if you don't vote for me, that doesn't, you, you're not black. And if you don't vote, you're not a black man in America. If you don't, stop telling us what it means to be black. We live it every day. We are black and we live it every day. So stop telling us what it means to be black. But they blamed black men. When Stacey Abrams didn't get in. They blame black men, but they blame black men for everything. So everything. I wasn't surprised, you know, when that's when I saw that. But black men got blamed for everything. But then you got to ask yourself: when she was campaigning, she didn't speak to black men at all. She didn't talk about issues that are plaguing black men. So why yes. then would black men go out and vote for her yes. if she didn't speak that to black are. men while she was campaigning? Campaigning. So that just didn't make sense. But yeah, I saw that the, the mm -hmm. antics, brother. Go ahead, go ahead, doctor. Well, no, no, no. I, I, I was going to follow, follow up with your point. Um, first of all, the, the 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 funniest line of that no voting, no fucking campaign was um, if you want to get this booty, better do your civic duty. Oh, I remember that that was that was interesting. Then there was a couple others, but I won't repeat them because children might be watching. But anyway, but no, but let me just say this with the Stacey Abrams campaign. Um, I, I she actually toward the end was trying to uh, appeal to black men. I don't know if y'all if you follow her Twitter, you might have missed it, but like on, I think on her Twitter and a couple oh, of wow. her, she talked about I was raised by a black man, she had her father who was hugging her dad. Uh, and I saw another time I heard on NPR where she was talking about black men. And, uh, and, and the only thing I only question I would have asked her is, um, you know, it's 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 the, the question is not so much whether or not you uh, care about black men or can relate to them on some level. The question would be, uh, what where, where's the work that you that you've shown? Where's the track record? Right. Absolutely. You know, you're one of the most powerful women in this country. Show us the work that has actually been yes, done right. in those years right. that you've been waiting before you ran for governor, uh, because I think that's what builds up the credibility, right? Because I think that the black electoral base, Zakia, has gotten more educated to the point where uh, you can't just impress every black person by saying, "Well, we, 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 you know, we, we, we register, you know, we we got black people's uh, right to vote in, you know, in the next election, and we registered black people to vote." Well, a lot of people see that as okay. Well, so you basically positioned us to do a favor for you. That's Absolutely. not really, that's not the same right. as actually doing work for the community. So Zakia, uh, what were your thoughts on this election and and just kind of how it all kind of played out? Um, so I, you know, want to take a little credit for helping to educate our people uh, around voting because I've done several shows on Real Talk with ZSJ that's been decently attended by our folks um, and shared. Um, and I am an independent and I believe I've talked to you about this before, but I don't come into this conversation as a novice when it comes to electoral politics and all of the sausage and how it's made. Um, before I, I founded, uh, co-founded Racial Justice Now and became its executive director, I was very involved in politics uh, in Montgomery County, Ohio. 
um, and in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, I was a part of the NAACP in high school and in my early 20s. And so, of course, the NAACP is just an offshoot of the Democratic Party in most places. And, you know, people know that. Um, and so I was very much groomed, you know, and, and you know, shout out to my great aunt, um, who was the first Black woman to be a superintendent. Uh, at the Ohio Department of Transportation. So she was very connected to some of the first black elected officials in the state of Ohio, CJ McLean being the first um, one of the uh, class of black elected officials within the state house of Ohio. So I was from a connected family. So of course in connected families, there's always the black leadership in every city. And so I had a front row seat into how politics happened in the city of Dayton and in the, in the county of Montgomery County, Ohio. And when I tell you that it was the way they did things that actually turned me off, you know, um, my aunt's still beefing with me because I'm like, uh-uh, I don't see how you did this all these years. They are incredibly disrespectful to Black people. And people keep talking about the Republicans, honey, you ain't seen racism. That's right. Until you inside and you see how those Democratic committees operate, honey. You know, so a lot of us, we're just voters. I have seen how they make the sausage. I have seen how they make the decisions on who gets endorsed. You know what I mean? And finally, what was the last straw for me, and I have to share this, um, was 2016. I was still living in the state of Ohio. We did not relocate to Maryland to 2017. And I saw them undermine the burning... Uh, Sanders campaign in the state of Ohio. I literally saw the Democrats suppress the black vote. I literally saw them do it. And so when I have shared that, I'm, I was like, yay, when it came to it, I'm like, oh, I'm telling everybody, I know what y'all doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, of course, I lost, a lot, I lost a lot of relationships. The mayor of the city of Dayton, um, she stopped funding from coming to my organization. So I'm, 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 I'm true out here. You know what I mean? So I've, I've, my, me and my organization and my family have sacrificed so that black people would know the truth. So I have actually helped, um, new people actually get elected outside of the democratic party, because you can do that if you build a grassroots campaign in a city as small as Dayton. And it took a couple of elections for the sister to get elected, but one of my friends is now finally on the city council uh, in Dayton. It took three elections to get her there because the Democratic Party has such a strong control on most cities in America um, that you do have to come outside of the apparatus and really do the grassroots work that is unpaid because the grassroots, we don't have the money that the Democratic Party has because of course they pay a lot of our people and they buy them off to basically serve our community up, the black gatekeepers. Here, we're going we gonna to rush our people to the polls. It's Sunday, church to the polls. We're going to, what is it, souls to the polls. And I'm like, souls to the polls for what? You talking about the party of mass incarceration, you know, so when people were saying black men need to get out and vote for Stacey, and I'm like, but she representative of the Democratic Party. I was like, exactly what has the Democratic Party within the last decade? Let's just start there. What, what policies at the local, state, national level have they done to improve the material conditions of black people and black men in particular? Name one. Well, that's, uh, ma'am, I must correct you. You said souls to the polls. 
but that's not as big as the other one, which was booties to the polls. Lord, I y'all remember that. Y'all remember get your booty to the pole, get your booty to yeah. They so they they got it all covered. They got you covered on Sunday morning, and then they got you covered at the club on Saturday night. So they, <laughs> but to your point, I think that's great. I hope everybody in the chat will like give Sister Zakia. Uh, her, her, all her flowers for being a real soldier for for black people, and, and that, that that leads me um uh, to uh to Julian. I, you know, I let you get our last word in here, brother. Well, um, you know, I push black. Uh, I was impressed with push black because uh, you, your team has a, a wonderful mastery of technology, and I, I I see just what an extraordinary entity you guys have become. And uh, and if, if I if I understand it right, <clears throat> you were founded in Atlanta, so you were in the middle of Georgia. Right with all the Georgia politics, and and I'm sure people are taking notice of your your ability to shape, you know, how voters think and things like that. Um, you know, what's that like for you, and how do you shape? How do you uh, sort of take that um, that that entity you've created and and sway it in a direction where uh, black political influence can be maximized long term? Like, what what are some of your thoughts on that? For sure. So. So I'm based in Atlanta. Our team is nationwide. So we have uh, and we have broad reach nationwide. And the Georgia runoff is definitely a topic of discussion. Um, as I mentioned, you know, push black is nonpartisan. And our part of our theory of change is that if we can um, infuse our content daily, with values that we believe will lead to black liberation above anything else, then people will make decisions for themselves, their families and their community that will um, over time contribute towards uh, a mass movement towards uh, liberation. And for us, the voter engagement work is a part of that, but it's not the end all be all. Uh, we have the power to reach uh, a whole lot of people. So this week, for example, our subscribers sent out or shared 180 million voter engagement messages um, across the country and generated um, nearly a million votes based on randomized control trials that we've run on our program between 600,000 and a million. Um, what that means for us is that right now um, there is absolute power to mobilize black folks to take actions on what they believe is in their best interests. The challenge is that um, there's still more work for both push black and all independent black media who has black people's interests in mind to make sure we are um, helping the community clarify what our interests are because now more so than anything, our interests are being dictated by forces outside of our community. Um, so I, I envision a world where we are able to take that power of mobilization and have even more impact when people um, begin to uh, start taking actions that are even more closely related to the tangible material conditions that we're living in. Um, and I think that for us in our realm of expertise that comes with media, that comes with culture, uh, that comes with, uh, that comes from values. Uh, so as it relates to this election and election coming up, um, there's definitely a lot of uh, interest in the, the work that we do. And we're just sort of 
staying the course and saying we're going to keep putting out these black history stories that give context for uh the world we live in today and what we the world we could shape in the future based on these values um and over time i believe the folks the people will decide uh what is in our best interests and uh and what is not and i think that will continue to show up even clearer excuse me even more clearly uh on election days for uh years for decades hopefully centuries to come mm. Imagine that, um, allowing black people to think for themselves. <laughs> that, that'll make you some enemies right there. <laughs> why, why are you letting them Negroes think? They ain't supposed to be thinking. They're supposed to be voting and bucking. All right. So anyway, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I, I tell you, I, I have to admit, y'all know my bias. My bias is that I believe everybody should be free to think what they want and do what they want. Uh, but just be informed. You know, hear, hear all the points of view. And, uh, and and I want to say uh, thank you so much. So I hope, hope you'll join me in giving a digital round of applause uh, to our guest today, uh, Dr. Oya Ma'at, uh, professor of engineering at Morgan State University, also founder of a great um, a great cartoon series called Meltrek, which uh, you guys should look up, uh, M-E-L-T-R-E-K, uh, Melanin uh, Trek, like a journey. It's really, really good, really extraordinary. Everybody should Google Meltrek. Also, Zankia Sankar Jabbar, a founder of Real Talk with, with ZSJ. Uh, everybody go look that up. Follow all of these individuals online. Like follow, support their platforms, please. And uh, also Julian, uh, Julian Walker, CEO and founder of Push Black. I hope you also thank him as well. Uh, he's a good brother, smart guy, and I just I respect him a lot. And and uh, as I do all the panelists, and I, I just think it was awesome to have a chance to talk to y'all. All right, everybody. So uh, hit the thumbs up button on your way out. Uh, thumbs up, share, subscribe if you haven't done it yet. Also, uh, if you want to check out my website and see what we have going on in our world, uh, feel free to go to boycewalkins.com. Uh, you guys know that economics is my thing and uh, one of the things I love to talk about. And I love to help you in any way that we can in the Black Business School. So uh, thank you all very much to the panelists and God bless everybody. And y'all have a good Friday night and we'll see y'all soon. Take care now. Be, be one. Be one. Be one. Be one. Peace.